Listener Production. Shares. Market. The S&P. The ISX. Stocks. This is Motley Fool Money. Welcome to Motley Fool Money, the podcast that hasn't yet reached the ripe old age of 99. That being said, if you combine our ages, we're not all that far away. Our being mine, Scott Phillips and Andrew Pages. G'day, Ram. How are you? I'm very good, sir. I'm excited about this episode. Uh, me too, mate. So the uh, the buyer will have given this one away. I, I did say last week we're pre-recording this one, so uh, we're doing this one in advance. But it is both evergreen and timeless, which is kind of the same thing. Uh, the idea, we wanted to spend a little bit of time just dwelling in the brilliance that is, and unfortunately was, Charlie Munger. Charlie, of course, died a couple of weeks ago now. Uh, and, you know, we want to talk a little bit about Charlie, but um, frankly more about the the wit and wisdom uh, as uh, as the subtitle of a book actually about him goes, uh, a book I will highly, highly recommend to you in a little bit of time. But basically I wanted to spend a bit of time just chatting about some of the things we've learned, some of the things we hope you can learn from this. If you don't take a dozen nuggets of wisdom, then Andrew and I have failed miserably because, as I said, Charlie is just outright brilliant. So if we, if we, do, if we don't do it even slightly justice, uh, we do deserve your disdain and, and criticism. If we do a half a decent job, you'll finish this uh, next little bit of time. Uh, hopefully a much more informed, not just investor, but person. Mm. Um, Ram, I, I, I want to... I want to start at about, well, talk about Charlie Munger. We are very, very different to Charlie Munger in one very, very important way. And that is that uh, Charlie, he's probably his most famous quote among investing nerds is his rejoinder to Warren Buffett. When Warren had just uh, expounded on some topic or other, answering some question at the Berkshire Hathaway annual meeting every year, when Charlie had felt like it had been said, he would just say, Warren would turn and say, what about you, Charlie? What do you think? And Charlie would very dryly and very simply say, I have nothing to add. You and I have never, ever, ever been guilty of that. <laughs> uh, we, we always have something to add. In fact, we'll add it and we'll add it and we'll add it again. We'll add the thing we started by adding and then we'll add a bit more to it. So we are not we are not Charlie Munger, but you and I have been in the presence of the great man, have we not? Yeah, it was the 50th anniversary of the Berkshire Hathaway meeting, which we were very lucky to attend. And when we say in the presence of, like he was way down on the floor yeah. and we were way up in the nosebleed <laughs> yeah, section. Right. But, you know. Uh, the same building, under the same roof. That's right, yeah. Massive roof. But I, uh, this is a 10,000-seat stadium. So when Andrew says nosebleeds, he literally means it. Oh, yeah. We yes. could see him from where we were, but uh, not very well. <laughs> we were that close. You, you wanted to bring binoculars with you. but uh, One of those big screen things. Still, it's kind of cool to have been. Uh, can, I, can I do a bit of a humble? Brag, go about uh 2007 ish. I think I want to say I was actually, I've been to Berkshire three times, I think, and 2007, 2008, whatever it was, I went to the Berkshire annual meeting. And Berkshire had had kind of been a cult for a while at that point, but not so big that it packed out the entire stadium. And they held every year up until I think that year or the year after. A, well, they called it a reception, it wasn't really, for international investors. If you came with an international address or passport, you could actually go and be in the presence of those men. So I actually stood in a line and had both Warren and Charlie sign some memorabilia. Oh. So I've literally I've literally been uh, within an arm's length of, of both both men a very long time ago when, I was going to say when I had hair, I don't think I did then either. But uh, it was, uh, yes, yeah, so I have, I have officially uh, been a little bit closer, but unfortunately only to say g'day and get them sign something and then shuffle on and let the That's next person cool. kind of in the line go. It was, it was very, very, That's very pretty cool. cool. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. Um, the other Mate, thing I yeah. remember from that trip is like when you go to Omaha, you there's it like 
there's a few touristy things you do. You drive past mm-hmm. Warren's house. <laughs> you know, we did that. It's a little. It's a little. It's, I know. It's a, a bit creepy. creepy right? You can't like, not, but you can't. It's, it, it wasn't wasn't very comfortable, was it? No, I do remember the house across the road was for sale. That's right. I don't know why I remember this, but but it wasn't. There wasn't a price in dollar terms. It was <laughs> one right. Berkshire share, Berkshire That's class right. A share. Which I thought was a really cool way uh, of, yeah. of, of doing it. The other thing we did is we went to, was it Gorat's? Yes, Gorat's Steakhouse. Steakhouse well which done, was yes. truly awful. <laughs> Warren Buffett is many things. <laughs> he is, he's no he, gourmand, is he? he is no, no, he is not. No, no, he's a very simple man when it comes to uh, uh, culinary delights. And it was like, you go there because you go there. In fact, I look at the yeah. bookshelf. I think I've got the, I saved the menu from it. But Nice. I'm not going to go back there, right? No. Like, it's, it, it, it was not great. <laughs> no, it um, wasn't flash. But we went there, and that was we could say yeah. we've been there, which is, which is kind of nice. Uh, but which is all it all lead up to. Uh, uh, I guess if I think about Charlie Munger, I guess the question that comes to mind is, how do you think Charlie Munger would describe Strawman.com? <laughs> Waste of time. <laughs> He'd say he he wouldn't sugarcoat it. I'll tell you <laughs> he that much. Sugarcoat it at all, would he? If he was being polite, there, how would you describe it, Jerry? If he was being polite, uh, he'd probably say, "Oh, some internet thing that you don't need." I don't. I don't know how he would do it, but I, it, you know, he, he might. You might use a combination of words that said online, private investment, and club. He, he may. He may very well, um, mate. Let's let's dig in uh, to some Charlie Munger brilliance. Um, you, speak, you said he doesn't. He doesn't mince words. Um, I, just, I just found this quote. This is not actually particularly in, indicative of, of. And here's the thing about Charlie, right? He's Charlie's super old school, and I think. Well, he was born in the Depression, or right? Around the uh, Depression we think about era. that exactly. Yeah. yeah, think about that. Only this morning, he died at hundred. He died at hundred. Born in nineteen twenty-three. It's like, man. Yeah. Um, his early years were literally in the middle of the Depression. Yep. He um, he didn't mince words. He he was pretty old-fashioned in his. In his approach, and I think there's, and by the way, he's old and cantankerous too. I, I think it was, mm. I think Charlie was old and cantankerous at sixteen, to be fair. Yes. So I think it was new. Um, he can, he can be quite acerbic and quite off-putting, and I don't necessarily love that style. But it's Charlie Munger, and you kind of go, well, I guess you're Charlie Munger, you can pretty much do it, say whatever you want. Um, <laughs> but he's, he didn't mince words, and he, and he also believed a lot. So the book I mentioned before, I was quickly give a rap to. It's called Poor Charlie's Almanac, and the subtitle is The Wit and Wisdom of Charles T. Munger, and. I, so one of the things that's great about it, by the way, is he it's 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 actually modelled on poor Richard's almanac, which I think Ben Franklin wrote, if I'm not mistaken. Charlie's and it basically was one of those right, and that was exactly so. And someone who kind of you know the value of hard work and some of those really old fashioned values that we kind of all poo poo these days or don't pay much attention to, and I think that's kind of a shame. There's a lot of stuff we should live in the past. I think I might have said the other week. Um, there's also a lot of stuff that we actually should kind of hold on to. And Charlie's old-fashionedness, the value of hard work, the the, the need for a, a morality and an ethic, um, just just you know, there, there was some straight shooting, which is which is just straight shooting. There's other stuff. Um, I, I this this is there's a comment on, on crypto. I don't want to go to crypto necessarily because I know you've got different views to Charlie. Uh, although you got the same view on crypto, you would tell me crypto was in Bitcoin. So maybe I was going to say we, some, we are a hundred million. Maybe Charlie some are one hundred percent aligned when it comes to crypto. Uh, he he did say I, I will I will only I'll share the first quote and then move to the second one because the second one's actually the one I wanted to make, but it was just it was about this topic. He said, "Quote: I'm not proud of my country for allowing this crap. Well, I call it I call it crypto." S dash dash T. It's worthless. It's crazy. It's not good. It'll do nothing but harm. It's antisocial to allow it. He wasn't mincing his words. He then went on to say, though, and this is my favorite part of the quote. He says, quote, 
I think the people that oppose my position are idiots. And so I don't think there is a rational argument against my position. Which <laughs> is just pure Charlie, right? It's like, yeah. I'm right and you're an idiot. That's that's all you need to know. And I just thought it was, it's a, it's a very, speaking of being acerbic and direct and whatever, uh, oh, nice way to kind of intro Charlie. You know yeah, what was yeah. interesting about that? Well, let's not d- divert too much, but I, mm. I, I found that th- there was there was two areas I disagreed with Charlie um, mm. that I know of. I'm sure there was many more I didn't. Uh, <laughs> one was in Bitcoin. 100% yeah. agree with him on crypto. Bitcoin, I disagreed. <laughs> yep. um, the other was on China. He was very bullish yeah. China. Yeah, yeah. And I think he was a little blind to some of the authoritarian leanings over there and overlooked yeah. certain things. But, you know, it's all right. We can we can disagree on, mm. on that. But where I thought it was a fail, one of – one of the quotes I really like from Charlie is take a wild idea and take it seriously. <laughs> yeah. Maybe it's take Isn't a crazy it? idea and take it seriously. And it's interesting because there's there's been a few interviews he's done over the years and writings he's done where he was raised in a hard money household. So his mm. fa- he came from gold bugs. Right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right? So he came he came he, he saw the mm. inherent fragilities and ill incentives that came from that system and, and often mm. and often sort of spoke of the the benefits of, ha- of having a, a, a gold backed sort of currency mm. so it was it, it struck me as his inst- I think by by the way anyone whose instinct isn't this is crazy when they first look at it something's wrong with you <laughs> right so his instinct yep. is right but it was interesting that given his own teachings given his own view of the world that I don't, he obviously never looked deeply at it. He looked at the surface. It was crazy and he dismissed it. And I just, I thought it was a bit of a shame, but then again, what do I expect from a gentleman in his nineties who was born in 1923 <laughs> to understand computer science? I mean, even Berkshire yeah. didn't make a yeah. technology investment until 2012, was it? Right, with with right. Apple. And yep. that was only, that wasn't based on any technology sort of angle. It was just based on a brand angle. Oh, so uh, consumer brand, exactly. Consumer you know, product, yeah. Look, yep. when, it, when, it, when it comes to cutting edge computer science, Charlie's a lot of things, but he's not my go-to. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. Um, he also breaks things down to pretty simple levels. I'll go to that quote, then I'll, I'll just throw it in. Quote, you don't have a lot of envy. You don't have a lot of resentment. You don't have overspend your income. You stay cheerful in spite of your troubles. You deal with reliable people and you do what you're supposed to do. All these simple rules work so well to make your life better. Mm. And it's just sometimes, you know, I, what I do love about Charlie Warren is it's not just investment wisdom, it's kind of life wisdom. I'll reread that because it kind of, it's, it's phrased funnily. So you don't have a lot of envy, you don't have a lot of resentment, you don't overspend your income, you stay cheerful in spite of your troubles, you deal with reliable people and you do what you're supposed to do. All these simple rules work so well to make your life better. It's hard to, hard to argue with that one, I think. I, I love it. He's got a few things to say on envy. Um, the world is not driven by greed, it is driven by envy. Uh, so true. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, of all the seven deadly sins, it's the only one you don't have any fun at doing. Like, That's my favorite gluttony, one. Gluttony, lust. You know, there's, yeah, there's, yeah. Also, there's always an upside to, the, to a lot of the, the deadly sins. Uh-huh. Uh, envy, there's just no upside. And uh, yeah, yeah he, he, was, he was dead right on, on all of that. Yeah, it's, it's great, isn't it? Um, he, did, he, was, he was a massive proponent of learning. He, he kind of, I'm pretty sure, and I can't find the specific right now, I'm going to find it later. Talks about the fact that you, kind of humans have a moral responsibility to learn, to be better if they can be. That kind of idea as a as a guiding principle of life. Um, and he says the couple, a couple here um, quote: "I constantly see people rise in life who are not the smartest, sometimes not even the most diligent, but they are learning machines. They go to bed every night a little wiser than when they got up, and boy, does that help, particularly when you have a long run ahead of you." 
I think that's just a really, really solid piece of advice. The, so true. Particularly in investing, right? Because it's cumulative. You, you, there's, you know, I mean, some things become irrelevant over time, I guess, eventually. But the ability to kind of, you know, just stack that knowledge on top of itself, on top of itself, on top of itself. Use the previously learned ideas, theories, you know, examples and add to those and add to those. It is just, it, it's hard to get started investing because you start with one block and you go to another. But, you know, if, you, if you're a sports star, your powers kind of fade over time. Charlie was as... as Serbic and, and smart as he was at 99 as he was at 29. Mm, I'm absolutely mm. sure of it. In fact, probably more useful and more informed because he'd just spent more time learning. Um, it's a nice opportunity as an investor to know that there is no, you know, use by date, short of senility. Um, there's no use by date on, on the language, on the, the learning, and it kind of does compound over time. I, actually, you just you you just said the word then that I was I was um, <laughs> really keen to say. We, we talk about compounding a lot, obviously, in investing yeah. podcasts. Everyone everyone gets it, right? <laughs> but it's 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 a phenomenon that is that is not just unique um, to investing. And it yeah. definitely applies to learning. Learning compounds, it really does. So even if you just do nothing other than just read one thing a day, yeah. uh, you know, 365 days in a year and hopefully many, many years in a long, healthy life, there is that kind of stuff just compounds ridiculously. Yeah. And it, it gives you a scaffold on which to sort of um, – uh, build upon right, and 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 this is the other thing that that Charlie says. Here's another great quote that relates to that: If you skillfully follow the multidisciplinary path, you will mm. never wish to come back. It would be like cutting off your own hands. And <laughs> I love and I, I it's so, I have found this in investing as well because you mm. start off thinking you need to know, obviously accounting, finance, economics, those kinds of things make a lot of sense. But what you I think, I, I, I'm sure you think the same, but over time you realise that actually, no, you probably want to study some history. Uh, you definitely want to study some psychology. Uh, even some politics and sociology mm -hmm. is yeah, not going to hurt uh, at all. I mean, in fact, it's, it's, this is, I've, I've said before why I will, even if I win Powerball, continue to invest, <laughs> um, yep. is it's, it's, it is such a fascinating domain, not because... I'm a money-focused grub that just mm. wants to get mm. as rich as possible. It's not. It, it is It is so intellectually stimulating. You start with an answer of like, okay, I want to invest money. Well, how do, mm. how do I do that? Why, why would I buy this thing? Why would I expect that reasonably to go up in value? What is value? It, it's such a deep rabbit hole, right? And it takes you everywhere. And if you want to be a great investor and you think that you're only going to stay in the investing finance section of the library, you're, you're, <laughs> you're going to fail massively, so yeah, yeah, massively. Yeah. Yep. And, and that comes back to his comment of, of read, 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 read. You know, you, I, another quote, I don't think you can be a really good investor over a broad range without doing a massive amount of reading. I don't think any one book will do it for you. Yeah. And he goes on to say, in my whole life, I have known no wise people over a broad subject matter area who didn't read all the time. None, mm. zero. And it's it's why you and I have spoken many times before, if you want to be good at this game, don't get the computer with the 12 screens, you know, <laughs> and the Bloomberg subscription, you yeah. know, read, read yeah. and read and read and read. You, you, and it's it's all, I mean, so much of it is for free. The Berkshire uh, Hathaway website is mm -hmm. free and you've got 50 years of annual reports that you can read there. Now it's, it is intimidating. Because it's a big mountain of material to sort of get through, but again, remember it compounds, um, it all hangs together, and and it will give you a superpower that is well beyond your capacity to make money, but also to live a much richer and, and fuller life. I'd argue. Mm. There's a lot of great quotes, mate. Um, one I wanted to um, 
I think I think it's learning is obviously um, a key a key attribute. As I said, I, I kind of talked about talked about that. But one of the things, and this is, I'm half I'm half pausing, Matt. Why I'm pausing is because Charlie's quotes are short and sharp, and there's always a yeah, but kind of thing. So the old Warren Buffett yeah. rule number one: don't lose money. Rule number two: definitely rule number one. Oh, he lost money, therefore it's, it's you know <laughs> share price went down. Wanna, Aha! What about Buffett's rule? If you want to pick holes, so bad exactly. You so would, yeah. I'm going to I'm going to yeah. share this, knowing that it's not absolute, but but you know Charlie's point: quote to get what you want, you have to deserve what you want. The world is not yet crazy enough place to reward a whole bunch of undeserving people. Well. <laughs> right, isn't it? <laughs> well, that's, we go, well, that's, we go that through was, patches. We go through. Well, that, and that was what I was going to say. There, there's always the there's always the the uh, alternative. The thing is, though, if you put yourself in a position to deserve the reward you're looking for by doing the things that will give you those rewards, it's literally an A plus B equals C. When you've got to say A plus unknown undeserving outcome, you know, by sheer dent of luck or you know irrationality, gives me C. Uh, actually, he said, you know, it's 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 an absolutist statement, but that idea of maybe maybe you know um, there are times and there are people and there are places, but broadly speaking, if you deserve what you want, you will generally get it almost by definition. It's it's one of those truisms that is almost true by definition; it doesn't need to be explained. And yet, that idea of so many people, I think, are hoping or looking for the quick get rich quick or the the ones that you know one one crazy way to get here or, or what what's the shortcut. It's like just, just there is no shortcut. Just deserve, deserve it. I.e., do the things that that deliver that sort of result. If you do that, that's like the, the the best way, the most likely way to give you exactly what you want. And you're far less likely to not get it than trying to follow those uh, get rich quicks or the the shortcuts to get to some those sort of places. It, it takes a bit to unpack that because it's one of those sort of old grandpa-y worldly yes, wisdom exactly. things that you go, yeah, yeah, okay, okay, granddad. You know, but not yeah. like think yeah. about it for a second. One of the examples that Charlie gave, and again, I'm going to butcher the exact quotes. I don't have it in front of me, but. He was talking about doing business with people and mm-hmm. the, you know, he said, you can give me a 50-page contract written by the best legal team in the country. I am never going to work with that person. Yeah. And and this other person, you don't even have to bother with an NDA or a contract. I don't need it. Mm-hmm. And, and that's a good point to what you're talking about here is because these people have deserved to partner with a very um, – influential, powerful um, duo mm. because they have they have deserved to and they have deserved to because they have lived their life in a trustworthy and honest measure. So when others want to do business, we're just like, well, I trust that person. I trust that person implicitly. And you'll find that, I mean, one of the things that Buffett says is reputation is something it takes a lifetime to build and an instant to destroy. Yep. And I think it's, look, I mean, I, I it's such a different realm, just um, different, sphere of influence. But I, I know personally I've found it of great value to me. Um just mm-hmm. just trying to trying to be true to myself and others. I have walked away from opportunities that probably could have made me some good money at the time. A I couldn't have looked myself in the mirror and and uh, um and been okay with that kind of stuff. <laughs> but I but yep. I but I think it it, it helps a lot in deal when when you do deal with other mm-hmm. people, it greases the wheels in a good way, right? You yes. build up a network of people who there is a there's a trust network there. And it's not I'm, I'm hesitating a bit because I, I feels like I'm saying, oh, I deserve anything that I may have or, or don't have. But it, it is it is something that is like a lot of things in life. It's not an obvious thing at first. It takes a, a long time to develop, but once you see it, you go, "Oh yeah, this is this is definitely the way to go," right? Because you can't you can't fake reputation 
after a short meeting. You can't uh, uh, you can't fake authenticity, you know, easily. And if you do, it'll soon be sort of caught out. So I love that. Yeah. I love that quote from from Charlie, and um, it's done him very well. I think he was worth has, about two point six billion at, at the end of end of the day. Probably, he and he gave okay. a lot of that away. Yeah. yeah, that's and that's the other thing, mate. Um, one I like a lot it comes on the back of what you were just saying, and it's about you know fifty page contract and just giving it a miss. We've talked a lot about the too hard pile, and Charlie just said, "quote If something is too hard, we move on to something else." Oh, I love it. What could be simpler than that? Yes, and I like this for two reasons. I like the the fact that it's the too hard pile, the idea of just you don't have to solve every single problem. Just look for problems you can solve. Yes. Th- that's that's the, at the heart of it. What I what it's I like, like the, uh, the one foot bar, ten foot yes. bar quote from Buffett. You know, we don't we're not exactly. looking to jump over ten foot bars. Give us something that we can step over. Correct, correct. What what I I like the second half of the quote, honest, almost more than the first. He says, "What could be simpler than that?" And I think for for blokes, two guys who are genuine geniuses. Um, you know, try as we like, we'll never be Munger or Buffett. Genuine geniuses have all of the ability in the world, all of the resources in the world they could do whatever they wanted to do to try and maximize the returns they're making and for munger and buffett i think maybe even for munger more than buffett but again it's hard to separate the two of them these days the idea of just keeping it simple like literally he just says just keep what, what could be simpler than that and what i like again what i like about the quote is yes. his point is he infers why would you not just keep it as simple as you could why would you try and make things complex why would you try and make things more difficult? Why would you go through a process of, if I could just possibly crack that particular nut, then maybe there's something there and maybe I can make some money. It's like, just, it's just too hard. Move on to something else. There are enough opportunities out there. Find the ones you have a higher conviction of. Find the ones you can understand best. Don't kill yourself trying to understand something that's understa- un- not understandable or you know, you're not going to be certain about it. You're not going to have that degree of comfort with. Yep. Just move on and, and keep it simple. And I think yep. so much of life and particularly, frankly, investing is, hey, look, at, if I complicate this by having an algorithm, if I complicate this by adding that, adding that, taking this away, multiply it by that, rolling in this bit of data, all that kind of stuff. He's just like, no, we're just gonna we're just gonna look for simple. And again, it is your one foot, seven foot example, as you yeah, said. But yeah. just that that very simple idea of of aiming for simplicity, literally making it the point. Yes. Not 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 as a, not as an aside, not as a uh, you know a lucky coincidence. But we're, we're going to keep it as simple as we can because that's where we have when we can understand the basics. That's where we have the most opportunity. I think you mentioned tech before. They they absolutely did take a long time to get into tech, but. It, it was deliberate. It wasn't. It wasn't like they. Yeah, kind it wasn't of went, that they hate. Oh, they, they were bearish right. on it. I was right, like, this right. is going to be a bad investment. It's like, no, we just don't get it. So yeah, it's not. Yeah, so and, so we're going to give a miss, and that's yeah. and we know we're going to lose some opportunities. Yeah. And by the way, in hindsight, they said we should have got Amazon because it was a a retail company that we should have been able to understand. Yeah. We're not sorry we missed some others because they were just new technologies or businesses that we couldn't reasonably yep. estimate the future for. So we just went, no, oh, give it a miss. Yep. And and they weren't upset that they missed the, the gains, and they weren't kicking themselves that somehow they, they should have been able to see this. Like we we couldn't we could we didn't think we could see it, so yes. we just simply chose not to play that game. We kept it simple. We did the things we thought we had an edge in. If we don't have an edge in that stuff, we're not going to do it. I just I really like that. Oh gosh, I was hoping you'd go for a little bit longer there because I'm I'm, <laughs> waiting, I'm looking for a quote here desperately on my screen. One of them uh, is aligned with what you're saying there, which is. Knowing what you don't know is more useful than being brilliant. <laughs> yes. Which I That's love. Awesome. That I is love. Awesome. And the one I was looking for, though, was, um, you know, we have our – in relation, someone asked him about his success and our success has just been just trying to do the average 
but doing yes. it consistently. Yes. So, yes. so we yes. haven't made a fortune because we saw something that no one else saw. We timed this before anyone else got into it or knew we front, we front run this like, no, we're just trying to buy pretty good businesses at, at attractive prices and then hold it. And we're just, and we're just trying to do that consistently over decades. And it's just, yeah. And then Becky Quick, I think, uh, US reporter asked them, um, why doesn't anyone else do this? And he was like, it's too easy. <laughs> it's too obvious. It doesn't, That's right. you know, you, you, people, he was, Charlie was very critical of business schools, and I think mm-hmm. rightly so. Yeah, yeah. But it was just like, you know, no one's going to teach this at Harvard. Because it's just like the course will be over very quickly. It sounds too yeah. easy, and that <laughs> no right. one else is doing it because it just the the there is an appeal in the complexity and sophistication that you will have with more advanced models and and all the mm-hmm. rest of it. So yeah, I I, I love all I, I have that is that is something I have very much uh, um, internalized is is recognizing what needs to go in the too hard basket. I say to you often, it's just like, this is in the too hard basket. Yeah. And, and, and even on, in the media, if I'm on Osbiz or something like that, it's not like I'm mm-hmm. bearish on it. Andrew, do, should you buy this? I don't know. I'm not. But why not? What's wrong with it? I don't, nothing necessarily. I just, I know that I'm not a very smart person and I can't wrap mm-hmm. my head around that. So why on earth am I investing in that for? That's, that's a really, really dumb thing to do. And I can tell you, when I look at some of the biggest blowups I've had, it was getting well outside of my circle of confidence. Yes. You know, what am yeah, I doing I investing in that? I don't know yep. anything yep. about that particular field. And it, it's, it's, mm. it's you, almost always, I would say, never worked out well. And I'm not sure this is the quote you're looking for, but it's similar and I like this one too. Um, it is remarkable how much long-term advantage people like us Excellent. have gotten by trying to be consistently not stupid instead of trying to be very intelligent. Yes. Yes. Brilliant. And it's just, it's just, you know, and we've talked before about fund managers. The fund managers who end up doing the best over long periods are those who simply don't blow up on the way through. Yes. And and the statisticians will say, oh, that's survivorship bias. In this case, yes, that's precisely the point. Yep. You know, the yep. things you need to do to stay alive, to stay in the game, to not do stupid stuff. Um, it is so difficult. To, you know, temperament's really important. We'll talk a little bit more about that in a minute. But um you know the, the the idea of just not being stupid, and what a stupid stupid is following the crowds, getting excited when everyone gets excited, it's getting pessimistic when they get pessimistic. It's yep. getting outside your your own circle of competence, as you've said, um, taking on un- unreasonable amounts of leverage, or, or you know bets you don't have, you don't send the odds of well enough, all that kind of stuff. Um, I think that's a really 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 important one. It's um, go on. yeah. I, I was just going to say, well, I, I love that stat though with with those really great long term. Um, results with fund managers because they are out there. There's some incredible fund managers out there. They are the minority, a very small minority, but they are out there. Two things that stood out um, when you, when you investigate them or others have investigated them and I've read (laughs) about it is they're never at the top of the league tables. Yes, exactly. Never almost. And if they are, it's just luck. So when each year, if you sort of say, who is the best fund man of all the fund managers in a particular market who did best this year, they're never there. Um, Mm. They're always sort of, you know, up top, certainly not at the bottom of the pack, but then they're, they're not at the top. And they also have these very, very long periods of underperformance, almost all of them, right? But it's yep. that consistency. The person who's at the top one year is almost certainly at the bottom the next year, right? Like you go from hero to zero and vice versa very, <laughs> very, very quickly in this game. Yep. But it's, it, yes, so I, I I really love that. And and you kind of touched on there um, an idea, another one that probably – Maybe Charlie's most famous sort of idea is is this idea of invert 
always invert. Mm-hmm. It's actually, Great he quote. stole from a 12th century mathematician um, or yeah, something. Right. But, 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 it, but it, it, is, it is this idea, his quote is, all I want to know is where I'm going to die, mm-hmm. so I'll never go there. I won't go there. <laughs> and, 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 and what it's really saying it is here is, is that if you want to find a really good business, Understand what a really bad business looks like. Yes, that's a good way to do it too. You know that is that is the way that mm-hmm. is the way to do it. Is that in? I love, so again, I'll, I'll let Charlie say it. Turn a situation or problem upside down. Look at it backwards. What happens if all our plans go wrong? Where don't we want to go, and how do you get there? Instead of looking for success, make a list of how to fail through sloth, envy, resentment, self pity, <laughs> entitlement, and all the mental habits of self defeat. Avoid mm-hmm. these qualities. And you will succeed. Yeah. You know, so this is why often we're, especially on the Malbag episodes, we occasionally get questions on leverage and all of this mm-hmm. kind of stuff. And it can be wonderful yes, why right, it goes your right, way. Right. But we've always sort of been a bit negative on it, not because yeah. it can't work, or maybe it even could work if you're really clever about it. But we we also know that it's it's that that's how a smart person undoes themselves very quickly is, is through leverage. And so it's that inverse, it's like, how do I die? I am die by taking on huge amounts of leverage. Yeah. So I'm just not going to do it. Could yeah. I do better? Yeah, probably. What about this? If we did that? Yeah, yeah. Maybe I could do some covered call writing strategies, get a bit of extra income. Yeah, I could, I could. But I also know that there's, you know, there are troubles with that kind of stuff. And I'm back to the keeping it simple idea. Oh, I just love it. It's just, it's just a lot of worldly wisdom in all of that. Uh, speaking of which, remind me of another quote that I, I actually put in this article I mentioned. Quote, always take the high road. It's far less crowded. <laughs> yeah, that's so cool. And it's just, what, this is what I mean about the old-fashioned stuff, mate. Like it's, I think, A, I think it's ethically, morally right. I, I, I kind of want to, well, I, I'm not going to suggest I'm as I'm morally righteous as Charlie was or, or anything else, but that idea of just actually do the right things because they're the right things and you'll probably get the right results as yeah. opposed to what if I take this shortcut? What if I try and do this, try and do that? What if I'm a bit too clever by half? Couldn't I possibly use leverage? What about this flyer I heard from the cabbie? What if this company does really, really well? What if I might miss out on it? Um, the, 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 the slow one, it, it's honestly, I've written, I try not to because I've written a lot. The ASAP, ASAP tortoise and the hare thing, mm. I just keep coming back to that over and over and over yep. and over again, right? Yep. And it's not even... The tours there is about the winner and the loser. You don't have to be. We just talk about the fund managers who don't do anything stupid end up doing really, really, really well. Yeah. And it's kind of like, and there's no guarantees and no promises. I need to be careful. But if you're young enough and you're saving enough, the only way you don't get rich is by getting in your own way. Yes. Like it's, it's literally, literally that easy. And so, well, like to Charlie's point, it's uh, like, simple on. but not easy, maybe is the way that yes, they, fair, would, they would fair, put it. Thank you. Yep. And that's, and that's important, right? Because the, 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 the biggest risk is you get dragged off that very simple but not easy path into a, what if I did this? Someone else was making money over here. The market fell. Maybe I should sell everything. It's, it's, it's a weird thing where it's almost like, yeah, speaking of the high road, you know, in my head there's this, there's this map, right? And and the map has this long and windy road. It's narrow and it doesn't go straight and it's all, but you're going to get to the de- destination. The other road is really straight, speed limit 110, but there's potholes and landmines and bridges and construction work. And if you drive it well, you'll probably get there. But, you know, the number of potential obstacles, the, the, the pitfalls, the whatevers, travel the road without them. No, no, I shouldn't say without them again because it's investing. A, I'm not supposed to say it, but it's, it's obviously not true. You can still, there's still ways of losing money. But that idea of like just, you know, start early enough, invest enough. There is, 
You want to use the there word no guarantee, guarantees right? <laughs> right? That's what I'm trying to yeah, avoid. Yeah. But like, it, that's as close as it gets. It's yeah. literally, if you do just the sensible things, as you say, simple but not easy, start early, add regularly, diversify prudently. Yeah. It's, it's honestly not, you know, so Charlie's point about, you know, they just try to be, they try to avoid stupid things. They didn't have to do wonderful things really well. They should avoid stupid things. And again, it's a bit of false modesty from Charlie and Warren because they are certified geniuses. So, you know, it's it's not, we're not them, they're not us. But it's just not that hard. And I think that's that's the point. So the high road being far less crowded for me, it's just that idea of just do, A, do the right thing because it's the right thing. B, it's also probably going to get you to the way you want to go without the risk of actually having to go back to square one, which is, is disaster financially. Yeah, I love that. Let me hit you up with one, um, which I love this as well. And this is there's a there's a few different takes on this from various uh, sages mm. throughout the the uh, millennia, but uh, Charlie says the big money is not in the buying and selling, but in the waiting. <laughs> the waiting isn't that brilliant? Oh, that's compounding one hundred and one, right? Yep. And oh, that's oh oh, you've just reminded me. Of course, the okay. best the best one of all is like the first rule. Of, it just reminds me of Fight Club every time, which is why it comes so readily <laughs> yeah, to mind. Right. The first rule of compounding is don't yeah. interrupt it. Right, like yes. get yes. out of the damn way when when it's there because, geez, it feels. I've I've lamented um, several occasions about how smart I have felt locking in a 80 percent double, you know, two yeah. x gain, yeah. and then in five years later looking back, going, huh. That would have bought a house for me if I wasn't so clever, <laughs> you know. Like it's 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 it, and it, it it's that simple, not easy kind of thing. It's like yeah. why is it simple? Well, I can explain yeah. to a twelve-year-old why it's a good idea because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. it's like my my paper folding analogy. You know, forty-two yes. folds and you're at the moon. It, it compounds very very rapidly. Simple idea, easy. Nope, not when the market's crashing fifty percent. That's right. That's not right. when the bulls are running and all your friends are getting rich, going in and out, in and out, in and out. You know, it's it's. I mean, you're sitting there on your. It, it doesn't. It, no. It's not just you're that losing it's money. Difficult. You want the pain to stop. Someone else is making money. You want it's, to join oh them. My God, and yep. it, it feels. Yep. It's, it also it feels reckless. Yes, it, it feels does. reckless. What didn't you read the latest annual report? The last <laughs> everyone knew the market was going to crash. Exactly, same sales exactly. yeah. are down 0.3 of a percent in this quarter yeah, yeah, yeah. here, and we've yeah. had this terrible GDP figure. How could you stay invested in this? You know, well, I've heard that the S and P 500 is going to drop 0.3 percent in the next 12 months, according to Barclays. Or you like it just it just, and you go no, I'm okay. I'm just going to mm-hmm. sit on this. Like you, you feel stupid, in, yeah, feel, yeah. reckless, uh, negligent, yes. all of these kinds of things, but. It really is in the waiting, and I've said on many occasions. Uh, again, what I don't do many of them these days, thank God, because they're always painful. But there used to be a lot of like investor expos and that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was always, always, always a little old lady who'd come up and just <laughs> was worth ten million dollars. Yep. Because her and her husband bought yes, some yes. a basket of shares thirty years ago and forgot about them, yeah. and then you come and then there's the the other dude again with the twelve screens and the <laughs> Bloomberg term and all the subscriptions like mate, I reckon they might fall by. by Christmas. It's going to be down two percent next uh, week. And and yeah. and like, I think, I'm sure if I gave them an IQ test, they would score very highly. Yes, yes, yes. You know, like they're not they're not dumb people, but they don't they didn't have the what's the word for it? Character, emotional fortitude, yeah. wisdom, kind of thing. Different yeah. things than than just grunt intelligence uh you know and and it's in the waiting it's in the way i would say this i'll make a statement uh getting rich is easy mm-hmm. getting rich slow is to your earlier point is the easiest thing in the world you start yes. early enough you spend less than you earn 
and you do nothing other than just put it into a broad base. You, you are guaranteed. Oh, I can't use that word. Yeah, Legally, I can't yeah, use that yes. word. <laughs> but mentally, put that word whatever, in there. <laughs> whatever, whatever, whatever the other word is, it doesn't mean that. It means yeah. almost that. That's the word we mean. That's the word that we mean. And and it, really uh, is. it, it is getting rich quick. Well, now that's a much more difficult uh, challenge. And if you do it, you're probably just very, very, very lucky. And getting rich slowly is impossible if you're trying to get rich quick on the way. Exactly. Exactly. So can yep. I can I let Charlie confirm what you just said to Please. make you feel smart? Yep. Quote: A lot of people with high IQs are terrible investors because they've got terrible temperaments, and that is why we say having a certain kind of temperament is more important than brains. You need to keep raw, irrational emotion under control. You need patience and discipline and an ability to take losses and adversity without going crazy. You need an ability to not be driven crazy by extreme success. Oh, so good. That's it. That's yeah. that's lich. The Millionaire Next Door book talks about um, all the surgeons that make squillions of dollars in income and how few of them actually have fantastic portfolios. Yeah. And then there's the, as you say, the little old lady or the, the janitor or the whoever yep. who's just regularly doing the thing and doing very nicely about it. It is it is a remarkable, again, not it's easy a as you say. It's a superpower. Right, exactly. You know, and I, I'll tell you as someone who's not that far off hitting a half century, it <laughs> goes by quickly, right? Like when yep. you're 20, you can't fathom being 40, right, yeah. let alone yeah. 30, but it'll get there. Well, you'll either die or you'll get there, right? So <laughs> yeah, that's right. plan to get there. Yeah. Um, and and it'd be nice to be retired at 25, sure, you know, but <laughs> but it's it's unfortunate. And I did this too. This is a classic mistake I made. I, if oh, if yeah. I could go back and do anything differently, it would just be start earlier, Andrew. Yes. <laughs> start earlier. If there's one thing you to just start earlier, you know, like a lot of – I really started to lean into this probably fully, fully seriously about 10 or 15 years ago. Yeah. In other words, I, 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 the starter gun went off and I sat there tying my shoelaces for the first half hour of the race, you know, and it's just, it's oh, my crazy, gosh, it made a difference. And and because when you mathematically understand <laughs> compounding, <laughs> exactly. that five years at the start of your life, like the difference oh. that makes at the end of your like Buffett yeah. made most of his money after the age of 50. Yes, 55, I think. Yeah. And, and not just like, oh, you know, a little bit more than he did in the – no, no, like like 90% of his money was made after he was 50. His return, his rate of return went down. Yes, that's right. Again, that's that's sort of compounding. So yeah, that's that is a big one. And I would say this too because I've I've made that point before, and people go, oh, "That's all good and well," but I'm 68. And it's like, well, mm. short of inventing a time machine, it's still a it's still a good lesson to have because yes. you know you may live to you might be a Charlie and do a 99, right? You've still got mm -hmm. 30 odd years or something to to go. So the best time to plant a, 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 an oak tree is, you know, 30 years ago. The second best time is today. And it's a, yeah. it is a lesson no matter what age and what stage of life you're at. Motley Fool Money. For more, subscribe to the free newsletter at fool.com.au forward slash listener. Mate, this is a bit of a throwback to something you mentioned before uh, about uh, Charlie getting the invert idea from some 12th century genius. Mm. Uh, Charlie said, quote, there is no reason to look only for living models. The eminent dead are, in the nature of things, some of the best models around. I love that, yeah. And there's just, that, there's just that brilliance of that idea that we somehow, tempting to think that all of our problems are new. Yep. 
and that the only way to solve them is to ask people who are around who've just done them. And it's and it's it's it's, it's a form of kind of availability bias, right? Yeah. You particularly if you're not a reader, and it goes back to your point you made before. But if you're not a reader, you look around and think, well, okay, there's Kim Kardashian and Britney Spears and Richard Branson and Mark Burris and uh, Warren Buffett, right? And you go, okay, well, that, that's my that's my group. Um, you've already mentioned, you know, Munger's hero was Ben Franklin, who died. I don't know how much earlier than Munger mm. was born, but mm. that idea of actually someone worth copying, worth learning from. Uh, there's another quote too. I'm not sure if I can find it quickly, but basically talks about the idea of, you know, it's 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 much better to learn from other people's mistakes and try and learn everything yourself from from first principles, right? Yeah. There's value in understanding things from first principles. But learning from those who've kind of uncovered, discovered, and you mentioned the different mental models and the different fields of study and excellence, uh, that idea of getting it from those people first, I think there's a whole lot of value there. Oh, it's so, I mean, here's, I mean, it, there are, what's the saying? There's nothing new under the sun. Yeah. I mean, there, there, are, there are some genuinely new things on planet Earth, you know, AI, uh, things like that. You know, they just, they weren't around before. And then there yeah. was a world before steam power. There was a world after steam, but there was a world before, like, you know, dare I say, there was a world before Don't. Bitcoin. There was an ah, I had to throw it in. Yeah. <laughs> but, 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 so there are examples, right? And in a world where yeah, very yeah. rapidly changing technology, you, you feel as though that's the yeah. norm. But the big ideas, yeah, I mean, the yeah, Greeks right. figured out most of it, right? Yeah. And then you know, yeah. over subsequent centuries, we sort of filled in the blanks. And it's sort of the amount of wisdom that is contained within mm. all of that. So you'll find, you'll find great – I mean, even Sun Tzu, you know, mm-hmm. uh, a general about yep. writing about war. You will. That's mm-hmm. actually a very big business book, right? Because there are so many lessons yeah, yeah, in that. Yeah, that right, it's right. just. I love all of that kind of stuff, and so I was very late to finding a passion in history. Um, mm. I can't get enough of it now, and and it's far more interesting than reading current business biography. Books oh, of give me a superstar to tell you why they made pat it. himself yeah. on the back. You know, any autobiography from a business lady, yeah. just throw it in the bin. Because, you know, the TLDR, as the kids say, yeah. is just like, I worked really hard and I'm really smart and I deserved it. You know, like, and the missing bit is, and I got really lucky. And yeah, I got completely lucky. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, Branson stumbled on a tubular bells. I, I, and this is the other thing, by the way, they're not bad people because they're lucky. No, they, you've got they, to work hard. You've got to be smart. You've you got to, yeah, exactly. Exactly. The ball got thrown to you and you ran with it. Yes. Good on you. Yeah. Like a lot yeah. of People yeah. may have stumbled. A lot of people would have yes. fumbled and missed the And you made the ball. some good decisions, and you did genuinely very well. Credit where it's due, but let's just yep. let's not pretend it was entirely <laughs> all, right. all, exactly. all because of you. Exactly. Um, yeah, so I, I I do like that a lot, and um, just these days too, it's so easy with podcasts, right? You don't even have to read; just go for a walk I around know. the block, and you'll you'll just be hit with all this brilliant wisdom. Here's another little random shout out I started listening mm. to recently too, because it's free on Spotify, and I'm very tight. <laughs> Is uh, um, meditations by Marcus Aurelius? It just all oh, right. Oh, brilliant! Just so like you, you just cool. find yourself going, yes, yes, That's like cool. it's so good. And this is this is a Roman emperor from two thousand years ago, right? So Charlie anyway, would approve, mate. I strongly agree with with Charlie on that one. Can I share two fish quotes? I'll let you jump in with a quote in a minute. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Two two fish quotes, which I, I found a, a Yahoo Finance article side by side. Funnily enough, uh, first quote: I have a friend who's a fisherman. He says, "I have a simple rule for success in fishing." Fish where the fish are. You want to fish where the bargains are. That's simple. If the fishing is really lousy where you are, you should probably look for another place to fish. Yes, yes. And that's always been again. I'm not going to. I'm not going to um, claim that I am anywhere like Charlie. But for share advisor service, I've run now for more than geez, many years. Uh, was it twelve years? Twelve and a half years? Um, Eleven and a half years. Uh, it's it, 
we've I've always you know I, I hate um, the labels value or growth or oh, mid cap and small cap and like they're, they're all arbitrary allocation right? and people do it why because humans like to categorize because it just makes it easier mm. we like heuristics not unreasonable just what we do again I, I've said before mate one of my one of the one of the quotes I'm I'm kind of most convicted about of my own not that I'm a, not that I'm a quote machine but the ideas more breathing quotes is successful investing is the art of overcoming our evolutionary selves. Yes. It, it, it's being able to sub sublimate the the parts of ourselves that don't, aren't made for long-term investing and that would drag us away. Mm. And so at ShareAdvisor, I, I have I have for the entire time I've run it, said, we're not going to be guided by a style box. We're gonna, we are going to fish where the fish are. Again, it's not a new phrase. It's not just because Charlie said it or I said it, but that mm. idea of, yep. you know, why would I say, I don't want to buy that company there that I think is going to beat the market because it doesn't suit the, the, the label I put on the front door. Yep. So you mean you're actually going to knock back money? Now, I'm not saying go outside your circle of competence either, by the way. So I'm not saying, you know, just because someone says, you know, some something, high-tech high growth, biopharma or something you know, is worth buying, don't do that. But it's like, if you see something, it's like, oh, I think that's actually a really compelling investment idea. I think I can make money doing that. Yeah. But I don't only buy those sort of companies. Yeah. Firstly, make sure it's in your circle of competence. Don't sure. you know, if, you, if you're unwittingly doing that. Otherwise, but not because it has a label on it. I mean, I, I rail about this all the time we, when people say, "Oh, small caps are risky." What was so yeah. Every company <laughs> less than three hundred million dollars or whatever arbitrary limit is a bad investment. Like, yeah, exactly. I, what? <laughs> Explain that to me. Yeah, yeah may, right. maybe maybe a majority are. Uh, yeah, yeah, but yeah. but but no. I mean, it's, it's the dumbest thing ever. So I yeah, I, I, I think that that is actually it, it's it's a it's a, I've often said it's an advantage because rules, quote unquote, like that, keep a lot of people away. There's <laughs> yes, much, yes, much less exactly. competition. So when you are fishing, not only go where all the fish are, go where there aren't a yeah. thousand other fishing people oh, around there, there you, go. you know, d d dipping a line into the water. I, I want lots of blue ocean around me, whereas lots oh, of fish. Torturing the metaphor beautifully. But no oh. other no other fishermen. <laughs> can, I, can I throw my second one, which is yes. actually my favourite? Yes. I've heard this before and it's just brilliant. Charlie's talking about um, uh, fund management, investment management. We've talked before about the fees and stuff that go with that. Uh, no surprise. But by the way, you want a confirmation bias? If you agree with Charlie Munger, he agrees with you. I, I'm normally, I would normally say to people, just be careful of confirmation bias. And this time I'm going to say, app, lap it up. <laughs> if, if, Warren, if Warren and Charlie are on the yeah. same page as you are, there's a very, 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 very good chance Probably on you're getting right something right. Yeah. So he says, quote, I think the reason... Why it says we, he doesn't mean we, he means as a, as a country or an industry. So let me just do that quickly. I think the reason why we got into such idiocy in investment management is best illustrated by a story that I tell about the guy who sold fishing tackle. I asked him, oh, I my this. God, they're purple and green. Do fish really take these lures? And he said, Mr. I don't sell to fish, <laughs> which is just so brilliant. It is just yes. brilliant, is it not? Yeah, I, it, 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 it just it <laughs> nails it in so many different ways. It so does. It so yeah. does. Yep, yep. And 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 <laughs> uh, you, you actually see a lot of this come through with some of the research they do with pricing strategies and models mm -hmm. and the rest of it. We use all those yeah, kinds of right. things all the time. Just just if your if your bottle of wine isn't selling, triple the price. All of a sudden, <laughs> now you're selling premium wine. <laughs> But it's the same That's wine. Right. No, it's not. It's premium wine. It is Look so at the price true. tag. You know, we, so we are true. so suckers for all of that kind of stuff. Yep. Um, it's absolutely, absolutely the case. What do you got? Um, oh, we could do like a 10-hour episode on this because oh, there's, God, there's so many. Um, in preparation for this, because as all our listeners know, we do deep, deep research. Oh, hours. So I Googled manga quotes and so I'm just, <laughs> I'm just scrolling through the results and it's like, oh, yeah, that one. Oh, yeah, that one. What do you have to do? Um, 
I do like this one though. <laughs> Opportunity comes to the prepared mind, which I think Isn't that good? I won't I won't give Charlie too much credit for that because there's a variety of versions of that that again right, stretch okay. way back through yep. the eons. Yeah, but it is really good. I think one of the things that that is very difficult, well, for me, and I'm going to assume for most investors, is that you walk up to the plate, you're ready to swing, you know, mm-hmm. I'm ready to go. The reality is in markets is that, well, there are different, there are different amounts of opportunities at different times. Mm-hmm. A lot of the time, and what can feel like the longest of times, there's not really many great opportunities, in which case mm-hmm. don't do a damn thing in terms of, of buying <laughs> or, or selling. But, right. you, but you can at least prepare yourself, you know. So when the last thing you want to do is is make a rush decision in the moment because you feel mm. you need to. The price is down 30%. Oh, is this an opportunity? I don't know. I need to research this. So there's plenty of companies that I have spent time looking at mm. and I've just thought, no, it's not right for me. But my mind is prepared. I know what I do <laughs> like and don't like yes. about those companies. I know what price you, I you think literally I fits in the slot. Yeah, it, it's, it reminds me of that. You know that kids game. We got the blocks, and you got you put the, you know, the, the barrel, and the lid. The lid's got the different shapes: the star shape, and the square shape, and the oh, circle yes, shape. Oh yes, 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 yes. So it's like, it's like I don't know if listeners know what I'm talking about. It's like that. It's like, yep. do I have something that fits into the shape? Yep. The prepared mind is the shape. I, I want something that looks and feels, and you know, smells, tastes like this. Yes. And when it when it, when it fits in the slot, then that's the one for me. If another piece doesn't fit in the slide, it's not necessarily the wrong piece. It's just the wrong piece for me. It doesn't. It doesn't make sense for me to to invest in. I'll give you an example we talked about recently on a recent pod with bank stocks. I, yeah, I'm week in yeah, week out yeah. bagging the bank stocks. <laughs> you know, I think for good reason, but we'll, time yeah. will tell. But I have said that whenever, and I'm not saying when next year or because I know when it's going. I have no clue when it's going to happen, other than to say at some point there'll be a there'll be a bad recession, and when yeah. that happens. Banks probably won't do too well. Yes. When that happens, they'll probably recapitalize. And when that happens, we'll see earnings fall. We'll see some dilution. When everyone will hate them, uh, I'm going to be backing up the truck because uh, because oh. I'm I'm mentally prepared not for specifically when it happens, but I know it will happen. And and um, they tend to be really great opportunities. Not because I'm going to pick the bottom or anything nonsense like that, yep. but 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 I've I've read enough. I've looked through history. <laughs> I'm you know, drawing upon all these ideas. I, I know that they tend to. If I if I'm pretty confident that even if the worst comes to the worst, they're probably going to get bailed out. And right at that point of recapitalization, where they're now they're strengthened up the balance sheet, like I'm all in. I am yep. all in, right? And 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 that is a great example of it. So you'll often look at a business. This is hard too. Where it's like I love it. I love it. I love everything about it. Huge return on equity, massive earnings mm. growth, aligned management. You know, you name the box and it's ticked. The one box it might not tick though is is price. Uh, so mm. again, I don't know when the opportunity will come, but at some point, it's probably not unreasonable to think that they will get a price. And then my my, my mind is prepared. I've done the work. There is no. There is not a single minute of wasted time when you're researching a company, even if the yes. ultimate decision is I will never invest in that dog. That's a great example. You know, it, it, it yep. is not yep. wasted yep. at all. And in fact, in the principle of inversion, it's like I spent all this time figuring out that I don't want this company and never will want this company, even at an attractive price. I've now at least know what to avoid, you know, in other similar scenarios. So, yeah, I, I, I love that quote. Opportunity favors the prepared mind. It does indeed, mate. I um, here's one that actually doesn't get enough. I've, I'm pretty sure I've mentioned this before. I've certainly written about it before. It doesn't get anywhere near enough coverage. And I think 
you and I have talked about, you know, six out of ten and the occasional losses and all that kind of stuff. Charlie lays this out in probabilistic fashions. And what I also love about this is he uses a, a, a betting, a gambling analogy. And why I like that, frankly, is I, I, don't, I don't mind kicking a hornet's nest every now and again. There are those out there who would make their name by pretending that investing is somehow this noble art where success is, is assured and that people who are gamblers are at the other end of this thing. It's all speculative and it's all terrible and uh, it's somehow you know immoral and whatever else. Mm. And I think I, I'm not a speculator at all, but I also don't believe in the false guarantees, the false position of all you do is follow this model and you'll always make money. It doesn't exist. Yeah. And so Charlie uses a, a, a metaphor which I think bridges the gap nicely. He says, quote, to us, investing is the equivalent of going out. Oh, sorry, I won't start. I'll start here. Uh, we look for the horse with one chance in two of winning, which pays you three to one. Yes. You are looking for a mispriced gamble. That is what investing is. And you have to know enough to know whether the gamble is mispriced. That is value investing. And I just think that is really, really important. Charlie's not saying we look for the horse that's guaranteed to win and is paying us two to one. Yep. Because it doesn't exist. I mean, he would take it. Uh, Buffett's mentor, Ben Graham, was shooting fish in a barrel, buying businesses for less than their assets. I mean, mm. that, that, that is literally fish in a barrel stuff. And he just worked out the market was stupidly inefficient in the 1930s and you can make a squillion dollars doing it. Now, that, that went away, right? That was the best possible guaranteed return as you yeah. get. Yeah, yeah. But this time it's like, you're, you're so I'm going to read again just because it's really important. We look for a horse with one chance in two of winning. In other words, 50% of the time it's going to win, which pays you three to one. Now, if you play that out often enough, you and I have talked about the loaded coin before. This is, this, is, this is exactly what it is, right? Yeah. You want to have now, now, you know, one chance in two of winning. In other words, half the time it's going to lose. Mm. Charlie's literally saying half the time, and again, he's not saying his investments. He's using the metaphor to say half the time in this example, you'd lose. But when you win, you win three to one, which covers your losses and leaves you profit over the top. And that's, I, I've always loved this quote, mate, because frankly, it, it punctures the... Uh, uh, the egos and the and the self importance and the whatever of those people who would who would say oh no investing is oh, it's this thing over here it's 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 just about you know doing doing what you have to do and making money and it's all easy and it's perfect just follow the model follow the formula and we're good um, it, now I, I'm the first to say you know don't don't gamble on the horses for money do it for fun if you want to but you're not going to make money doing it um, but this idea of that bit in between of he says that's what investing is a mispriced gamble yep. and I think it's a really useful way it's basically probabilities right he just puts yep. it in very common language. Yep. That is exactly how investors should be thinking about investing, how think about buying stocks, holding them, selling them, the returns you get, managing a portfolio. It's all there in that, you know, what, 12, 15 words. I, I was holding court on this very thing um, uh, at a recent weekend. Some <laughs> holding very, court, I Holding see. court, I was. Your I, poor friends and family, I'm, I'm assuming. I did have some very close friends from school. We catch up every now and again. <laughs> we had a bit of a boys weekend. We were playing some poker. We don't mind a bit of poker. Okay. okay. Nice. Charlie was big on poker in his early uh, years yeah, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, but but um, I lost this big hand, right? We, right? A lot of money was on the – well, a lot of money, 20 bucks or something. You know, but it, we, the, the big pile of chips Cheap on the stations. table yeah. and I lost. Yeah. And and I, one of my mates is like, ooh, you played that wrong. And I said, well, I think I played it right and I would do yeah. it the same again. Yeah. Like, what are you talking about? You lost. Like, well, yeah, in hindsight – but I feel as though that may, this, this, by the way, I'm fully aware this may be just psychological protection mechanisms to make me feel as though I did the right thing when I didn't. But I feel as though <laughs> if ever I got that hand and those yeah. cards are on the table, 
I should have played it that way because, again, you, you can get punished for doing the right thing in this game and you can do the wrong thing and get rewarded. So yeah. th- it is that probabilistic mindset which is right. Don't measure the, the, the quality of the decision based on the specific outcome. To your point with a loaded uh, coin, it might be designed so that 90% of the time it comes up heads. So what are you going to do? You're going to bet heads. But it doesn't – one in ten times, it's still coming up tails. Yeah, do you right, go. Exactly. Oh, yeah. I should have bet on tails. No, that's right. really. No, <laughs> that's right. you should Why always bet playing on this game. I lost money. Exactly. Always yeah. bet on heads. It's the same with yes. the poker hands. I can't remember what it was, but it was like you know. I, so actually, I had a full house, and the other person oh. had a had a. Better full house and and anyway, so it was it was yeah, one of like, yeah. well, why wouldn't I play it that way? Yes, and this exactly. is the, this is the same thing when you see a investment that ticks all of the boxes and um, looks as though it's got every chance of working, but it doesn't work out. That that is going to happen a lot, in fact. And sometimes you buy just the dumbest business in the world, and it's up fifty percent the next day. So it's <laughs> learning the right lessons. Yeah, and, and that probabilistic thinking is is really good. And another thing you reminded me of there, just in speaking of value on that, which was um, another chart that he said. And this is this is probably the biggest contribution. Maybe this is mm-hmm. maybe this is stretching at it, but I, I don't don't think so that Charlie made to Berkshire was before pre-Charlie, Warren was a very different type of investor. Yes. Very different type of investor. And and really what what Munger is, I guess, famous, I suppose, for bringing to the Mm. table here was the idea that it's better to have a a great business at a fair price than a fair business at a great price. And um, uh, he said it, you must value the business in order to value the stock. And I always loved that as well. And, I, and I, I say that knowing that I've got some companies that I really don't value the business too much, but I think they're damn cheap. So I'm, I'm breaking some rules here as I, as I say it out loud. But <laughs> yep. the, 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 the so what here is, is that start with the business. Is this a business that I would want to be an owner in? You know, if the answer is no, then don't bother doing the valuation work. You know, it might be cheap, you know, but if it's a really great business, like, wow, what an economic machine this thing is. It's going to stay around for many years, just gush-free cash flow. Okay, now I'm interested. Now I'll do the valuation work. And that pretty much had to be the pivot that Berkshire made because you can't be the kind of investor Warren was with billions and billions of billions in, in assets under management. They had to take they had to go for quality and they had to stop worrying about getting like these incredible bargains, but more just like, just, Hey, it's a great business. And that's, that is actually a reasonable price for the business. We're just going to hold that for the next 30 years. Yeah. I'm going to um, read a bit from the San Francisco Chronicle, mate, to support that. I uh, just, just Google it and found the, the article. So I'm just going to read a paragraph or two. Uh, quote, Berkshire bought C's candies from the C family in 1972 for $25 million. Buffett has credited Munger with persuading him to make the investment. Uh, quote, C's Candy Company was the first high-quality business we ever bought, end quote. Munger reportedly said during a 96 visit to San Francisco. Uh, Buffett then goes on to quote, ownership of C's has taught us much about the evaluation of franchises. We've made significant money in certain common stocks because of the lessons we learned at C's, end yeah, quote. Nice. Um, you're right. It was absolutely that that transition. And speaking about being a learning machine, right? Buffett made a squillion dollars before C's. Yeah. So it wasn't that he, it wasn't that his model stopped working or, yeah. or had broken, right? It was yeah. going to stop working, as you say, because of the sheer amount of money. But it was it was partly a combination, as you say, of needing to move. Mm. It was also, I think, honestly, just Munger saying, actually, there's there's value here. There's more than just the the books, the value of the brand, the value of whatever. Um, that that sort of stuff is is a really really important component. 
Yeah. Can I um can I share this one with you? Uh, you and I, you'll love this, mate. Quote. I try to get rid of people who confidently answer questions about which they don't have any real knowledge. Oh my goodness! So that basically that means perfect? get rid of like virtually every finance pundit you see on on TV or here on the radio. Correct. Our present company in general, excluded, yes, of course. Idea. Yes, exactly, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, that's right. That that idea of you know, well, it's a confidently bit, right? It's not yes. even a case of you know, do they answer the questions? It's, it's when you say I don't know, or maybe, or I was I was on radio this morning and I was talking about some whatever the topic was, like, well, this is this, but it's also that. So to be fair, and economists get bagged for you know, on the on one hand, on the other hand, you know, the economist mm-hmm. with two hands, but it's kind of that that that's that's the honest, real answer, right? Is is there is there a simple? You know, you've said it many times the, you know, there's two answers. What's the simple and simple and wrong, or what's the what's your what's your oh, quote about that one? Oh gosh, now I'm drawing a blank. Simple S- and wrong, or complicated Gen- and right, or something. Yeah, yeah. You want you want to be generally right as opposed to specifically wrong. Yeah. So there's there's that kind of there's that kind of it. So I I, I just love that quote from from Charlie. Um, when you have someone confidently answering a question. Uh, unless they absolutely have a reason for that confidence and a demonstrated reason for that confidence, not just, oh, they seem like experts, but, you know, do, do they justifiably have that confidence or are they just full of themselves? Well, um, I, I don't want to bring it back to it, but his, his comments on, on a certain digital asset it might be like, he's like you got zero knowledge about it, but he was very confident in his opinion. So, you know, none of us are perfect, I guess, is is the take. <laughs> well, present company accepted again. <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> Mate, we, um, we're almost getting to an end. I... um. Can I can I throw you five? Yes, rapid fire. When I when I when I wrote the article about Charlie, it's called Vale Charlie. I'm wondering if you want to read it because some of the questions. I did read there. it. Very good, very good article. Oh, thank you. Yes. Um, again, I you know better than the we, one I we wrote. are we are <laughs> we are we are guilty, and I'll say guilty in air quotes because I actually don't mind being guilty of this, but we are guilty of spending time. You you mentioned this either in a past or upcoming podcast, depending on what order we're recording and distributing these things in, talking about the fact that. You know, there is – that's the upcoming mailbag, actually. Talked about, you know, the, the idea of that there's we're a finance podcast and a money podcast, but they sit more comfortably in life. And I don't – again, I'm really lucky to work for The Fool. You're lucky to work for yourself, mate. Um, some of our some of our peers and, and colleagues in other companies don't have the flexibility, maybe the interest, but don't have the flexibility of, you know, straying outside the pure, well, this kind of cash flows is X or I just comment on these five stocks or whatever. We get to kind of cover the waterfront. And mm. I think – like Charlie and Warren, again, I'm not trying to cover us with glory or reflected glory, but hey, I'll take it. Uh, you know, that idea of actually, yes, there are there are finance and there are investment issues and implications, but it exists in a, in a framework of actually the rest of life. Yeah. So I'm just going to share you some some mangerisms, mate, about, about that, um, which is kind of, you know, covers the waterfront. The first one is, quote, those of us who have been fortunate have a duty to pay back. Mm. A very old-fashioned mm. virtue, but I think a, a one that we should be spending a bit of time on. Speaking of politics, quote, no man is fit to hold office who isn't perfectly willing to leave it at any time. Now, I think there's, as we'd say, person, but uh, well, probably blokes normally anyway. Do you like that? You know what that reminds me of? Um, uh, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy fans will know (laughs) Zafoy Briebelbrox, who I, I think was, the rule there was anyone who is capable of getting themselves elected should be, disqualified on that basis yeah. alone. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Which I've always loved, yes. right? It's like yes, the, yes. The, to, to be successful as a politician, the skill set mm-hmm. you need is not the skill set you want. Yes, yes. No, no one who wants power should, should be- Yes, should be, that's the uh, other one. That kind of idea. Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. Love that. Um, a, bit, a, bit of, a bit of very, very Midwest life advice, but, but a nice kind of approach. Quote, when you borrow a man's car, always return it with a tank of gas. Oh, yes. 
Pretty simple, right? And yep. a bit twee, but but kind of you know yep. pretty much pretty much bang on. Just just do more. Well, than you know you what need to though? Do the right thing. They're going to lend you the car again. Of course they are. They're not. If yep. you just are like, wow, they really just like the, the tires are uh, are bare and the yep. tank is empty and <laughs> there's rubbish yes. all over the back seat. He's like, you don't get to borrow that again. That, that, that's the Which, that's that's that's. Yes. Um, the same as sort of deserving uh, the success, right? Was, that's, exactly, that's exactly what I was going to say. Yeah. Yes, you've nailed it. Yeah. Uh, we're thinking way too alike, mate. Um, <laughs> quote, Wall Street has too much wealth and political power. Oh, quote. yeah. Oh, gosh, yeah. Full and again, stop. I was saying Agreed. before, he, he's the Republican, right? And again, you, you made the point, he's not a, a far right-wing Republican, nor is Buffett a far left Democrat, yeah. but just that idea of actually it's fine to say, I think business is important, I think capitalism works, but by the way, yes. there are excesses that, uh, that, that shouldn't. 100%. Be brought to brought to um, brought to bear, and the last one, mate. I'm going to finish with my ones with just what I had already said. So I'm going to repeat myself once in this hour long episode, which is just quote: "Always take the high road; it's far less crowded." And I just, you know, I think, I think if we only take Munger's um, investment and finance quotes, I think we're missing the opportunity to learn from him. Um, the the life wisdom, uh, just just some really basic, you know, as you say, it's. It's the deserve thing, right? Just just be be a good, decent person. Do the right things because they're the right things to do and do that often enough. You're far more likely to get the things that you deserve because you're deserve, you, you make yourself deserving of them. I don't mean deserve in a, in a uh, you know, I'm a special flower, so I deserve things. Like mm. de- deserve in that active sense of if I do the work, I deserve the pay. Yes. That, that, that's that's that the deserve of, that he means. And yeah. that's, we don't use the word that way anymore and we probably should, right? Because, yeah. you know, we are, politicians will tell us we deserve all these things. It's like, well, no, they just do want we? us to feel special, and right? Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't mean we shouldn't have them or can't have them. Yeah. But it's very different to actually do I deserve this thing is, is a question of, you know, have I done those things that earn me the right to get the result? That's that's kind of very, very Charlie Munger, I think. Um, I'll, I'll give you a non-finance one from Charlie as well, which he actually said, I think it was the, the very last Berkshire Hathaway meeting, which was, oh, right. um, I think the best road ahead to human happiness is to expect less, which yeah. I always thought is, is pretty good too, right? Like it's, that's that. another nice one. Um, I wanted to say too, just in regard to uh, what the, Charlie and Warren have done so well, again, staying inside of that circle of competence, just riffing a little bit on what some of the comments you've threw out there before, mm. with punditry that that is in the financial space, I find that none of these people are ill-meaning or dumb. You know, mm. they're but they're they're an inch deep and they're a mile wide. You ask them anything on any company, they'll they'll give you a few mm. lines, but that is a very shallow knowledge. And I think what they did, which was so good, is they just stood away from a whole bunch of stuff. But on the things that they did know, there was a deep, 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 deep knowledge. And that is, give me the choice between would you rather know 20 stocks on the ASX intimately or would you like to know a little bit about every single stock on the ASX? Like, yeah, I'll, I'll take the form yeah. any day of the any day of the week. In fact, yep. you can um, pick absolutely. the twenty stocks, right? <laughs> you can put I the twenty think. stocks and then put like a matrix thing yeah. in the back of my head and just upload all of the knowledge and that. I think I could do extraordinarily <laughs> well out of uh, 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 out of that, which Very is nice. which is really good. Um, what I want to sort of throw off here as we wind it up is you mentioned before um, uh, Paul Charlie's almanac. Mm. That has been revised. The other thing that has been revised and is now free, you can download oh. that for free. I think they made it available. Poor Charlie. Yeah, I believe so. Wow. Um, Hold on. 
So I'm actually I quite like the Farnham Street blog, um, Shane yeah. Parrish. He's a very good writer. He's got a, a podcast himself. I'm, I'm a big fan. I like I like a lot of what he does, and he's a he's a he's a huge Charlie Munger fan. So you know, great minds think alike, or, or fools seldom <laughs> differ, whatever you prefer. Um, but they, with Charlie's permission, um, it, Charlie re he did this famous talk called the um, uh, mm. the psychology of human misjudgment. Isn't that great? So YouTube it right. It's there. It's available. Yeah, yeah. But if you if you Google um, or if you just go fs.blog forward slash great slash talks or just mm-hmm. just just Google um, Farnham Street blog, yeah. you'll find it. They've they've redone that speech, um, just updating it a little bit. Not again, the lessons are timeless, but it's just been updated a little bit. So definitely, it's free. Read, read, read. Remember just exactly what Charlie said. Read it. Read it. It is <laughs> it is so good. Um, mm-hmm. So I'll, I'll I'll let you do that. The other thing, while you're on YouTube watching the psychology of human misjudgment, this is <laughs> this is a 1995 speech he gave. Mm-hmm. There was another brilliant one from 2007, the uh, the USC commencement address, um, the university there. It's brilliant, just great. So uh, the Google USC commencement address, right? And then and then he did this other. Th- uh, he did the Ross School of Business interview in 2011. I believe that was with Becky Quick actually as well. Another fascinating, fascinating mm. interview. Um, so read the book. Um, check out those. Uh, check out the blog I mentioned. Check out those YouTube videos. And another thing that doesn't get as much. I, I was late to read this one, but I found it pretty good. Which was damn right behind the scenes with Berkshire yeah, Hathaway. That's right. Yeah. Um, um, that uh, Janet Lowe wrote that book, and it's it's a really good one as well. Mm. If you really want to get into the uh, the uh, the wisdom of Charlie. Mm. There's a uh, can I can I throw one more speech at you, mate? Only just because it's um speaking of that, um the it, it's it's a horribly titled uh, and I've just I've, I found it on a, a website here a horrible horribly titled speech from 1996 called Practical Thought about Practical Thought, <laughs> which is a stupid title. Oh, well, I'm not going to say Charlie Munger's stupid. It's, it's a it's a, a a very obtuse title. Um, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna read. Uh, this is from Junto Investments website because I just found it. Um, but they do a nice summary. Uh, they say. Quote, in the speech, Charlie Munger neatly explains the success of Coca-Cola by viewing the business through the lens of the simplest academic models from the fields of psychology, biology, physics, and business. To many, that sounds odd. To many, the success of Coca-Cola, uh, it seems like a coincidence, kind of like a first mover advantage coupled with top secret recipe. But as we will soon learn, that's first level thinking. And it goes on from Is there. this the um, one where he compares, like, you can only eat so much chocolate, but you can drink Coke all day long? Yes. Yes, that's uh, there's a biology angle, and there's actually some really good science. So you never uh-huh. get sick of drinking Coke. But you might yep. love chocolate, but to put a kilo in front of me, I'm going to be sick halfway through. I never want to touch it again. <laughs> um, yeah, love that. Exactly. Great, great. Well, well worth searching for that. Yeah, have a, have a, have a look, mate. Um, I hope we've done Charlie uh, some justice. We certainly spent some time on it. Unusually, I will uh, pull back the curtain slightly and say that uh, before we recorded this, you said to me, "Oh, look, if it's only forty five minutes, that's more than fine. That's that's a great podcast to do." But we'll probably go longer than that. And of course, as we round out about a minute, an hour and ten minutes or so uh, on some of Charlie's wit and wisdom, uh, I'm not surprised, nor am I uh, going to apologise for it because. Frankly, if you listen to all of our other podcasts for this long, uh, this is the one you should absolutely listen to for this long because it's not us. It's uh, one of the great minds of our time. Obviously, uh, sad to have lost Charlie. It was inevitable, despite my preference that both Charlie and Warren were immortal. I'm still holding on to that one for Warren. I'm, I'm hoping that, uh, you know, one out of two ain't bad, but uh, on the off chance I'm wrong, uh, Charlie had to leave us at some point and he left behind it just a spectacularly great canon of uh, investment and worldly wisdom. Uh, grab those speeches Ram mentioned. Grab... Um, Damn right. Grab poor Charlie's Almanac. Just really great reads. 
uh, well and truly worth your time, effort, and attention. If you're not a better investor and a better person after it, I don't know what you've been doing, but you obviously weren't reading the book. So uh, give give them a give them a red hot go. Um, and I reckon that's about it. Uh, I would again, like I did last week, ask you if you're going to come here on Sunday, but uh, good Lord willing and the podcast machine doesn't rise. We've already done that episode. So yes. if it's uh, if it's in the podcast feed, then you're welcome. If it's not, then I've probably screwed something up somewhere. <laughs> uh, so until Sunday, until we're back with you with a brand new episode in more real time next week. Full on. Yeah, cheers. Thanks for listening. The Motley Fool and people appearing in this program may have positions in the companies mentioned. General advice only. Please speak to your financial professional to understand how it may pertain to your situation. Subscribe to the free newsletter at fool.com.au forward slash listener. The Motley Fool operates under financial services license 400691.